0: This is not saying be uncomfortable, use less energy. It's really about the timing of your energy use to coincide with the times that are cheapest on the grid. The folks who can do that will see their utility bills go down and the folks who can't will see their utility bills go up. So we see intelligent decision-making software as key to getting a grip on your building's role in the grid. You're not gonna have the option of buying at a flat rate anymore.
1: Hello and welcome to the Solar Maverick Podcast where solar meets entrepreneurship and experience. I'm your host, Benoît Thangy, so let's get into it. Hi, this is Benoît, your host of the Solar Maverick Podcast. I'm really excited to have on this episode of the podcast, John Powers. He's the founder CEO at Extensible Energy. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast, John. I think you're really creating disruption when it comes to software and managing energy and specifically load flexibility to impact electricity bills to a lower rate or lower bill amount is a huge thing. And I'm excited to talk to you about this today. It's great to be here, Benoit. Thanks so much for having me on. It was great in the pre-interview and all the research that we did before the podcast to learn about you and speak to you about it. But it'd be great to start with, can you tell us about Extensible Energy and also your background before? Because I think that really helps our listeners understand what you're doing and how you're changing the industry and being a game changer.
0: Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. So we're here to turn every commercial building into a grid interactive building. We believe that basically empowering every building with intelligent software control is essential for transitioning the world to a clean grid. I hear pundits say things like clean up the grid and electrify everything. I'm all about that, but That's still super hard and not inevitable. We need thousands of additional innovations to make that happen. And we're doing our part in making loads in commercial buildings more flexible. And in the context of your audience in particular, of solar developers, we're helping solar folks save demand charges without batteries. And that's just what the company's been known for in the solar industry for a long time. And that's what we're doing. As for me, I'm just a lifelong energy nerd. I've been working in the energy business for more decades than it's polite to talk about. First job out of college was with a electric utility. It was Portland General Electric up in Portland, Oregon, where I worked in the rates department. So I know a lot about how utility rates are made because I used to make them myself. I'm an economist by training. So we think about saving money for our clients off of better control around how utilities charge. Then I spent some time as a consultant working for utilities at a place called Quantum Consulting, where we studied how customers use energy, how they make energy-related decisions. So I've been in and out of many, many buildings on behalf of utilities that were running programs, energy efficiency or demand response programs for those buildings. So I probably worked for 100 utilities around the country and around the world at Quantum. After a while, we spun out a group from Quantum called Energy Interactive, which was a software company that I ran for a while. That was a pioneering web-based software company that did some of the first web-based customer engagement tools and demand response tools for utilities to offer programs to their customers. We sold that business to ABB. That was a good exit for us. And I worked at ABB for a while as the director of retail software, but it turns out I'm not really a big European conglomerate kind of guy. So started up Extensible Energy after that. That's about the story. I think it's around 30 years now you've been in the energy industry
1: and specifically how complicated it is for the utilities to come up with these charges and how they charge the customer is such a big advantage with what you're doing now with lowering demand charges with software, which is huge. I was going to say, you know, it's interesting because the solar community thinks. The only way to address demand charges through storage. But I was really sure. excited to learn about what DemandX is doing. Can you talk about how you're able to lower demand charges through software? Because it's a lot lower investment than it would be with obviously installing storage, sure. you know, CNI building. That would be really helpful.
0: Look, I love batteries. I drive a battery to work every day. I just think that it's best to pick the lower hanging fruit first. So our software, DemandX, is intelligent building energy control software. It basically treats the building as a battery. It basically can shift energy usage from one period to another. It can work with a stationary battery if there is one. Usually there isn't. It can work with car chargers behind the meter, and we're seeing quite a bit more of that lately. But the biggest flexible load in most buildings is HVAC, heating, ventilation, and cooling. And really, nobody cares when the compressors run. They only care that it's comfortable inside. That turns out to be a lot of energy that can be shifted from minute to minute and hour to hour in a way that reduces demand charges makes the most of the solar investment so you can use more of the energy you're generating yourself at the facility. That turns out to be very advantageous under most utility tariffs. And in particular, it's a great way to reduce demand charges without having to invest in dedicated stationary battery. There's no permits. There's no long construction project. There's no master electricians. There's no fire suppression. There's no supply chain Disruption. It's a one day installation of the software and the very minimal control hardware needed for the software to talk to your HVAC systems and can be up and running in a day as opposed to a big long project that involves a lot of construction. That's amazing, Tier, and it's low hanging fruit, as you said,
1: than obviously having a standalone storage. Basically, you don't need someone who's an expert in energy to be able to understand the software. It's really like a plug and play. Or how does that work? How sophisticated does building owner have to be to understand?
0: Well, really, we work deliberately with small to medium buildings and business owners. They have better things to do than be energy experts. That pain point for them is taking a look at their utility bill and not understanding it. So we help customers to understand why it is they're still paying so much even after solar goes in, in some cases, or what part of their usage pattern is costing them the most and what they can do about it. So no, you don't have to be at all an energy expert to use our software or to work with one of our partners who's building a Solar Plus Demand X installation for you. So The software handles all the sophisticated decision-making. No business owner that I know of wants to jump into the cockpit of an energy management system and fly it all day. They want to have all of that automated and so they can go about their business taking care of their customers. I agree. That's a great
1: point with small and medium-sized business. They don't really have the bandwidth. They want to focus on their customers. So that's great. You've created a product that is seamless and they don't have to think about it, but then could save a large amount of money. And what I thought was really interesting too is that demand charges are set by energy peaks. And sometimes the highest part is the single highest 15-minute energy use each month which I had no idea until learning about extensible energy and how you're able to use load flexibility to lower those demand charges. Can you talk about that? Because I never realized that was such a big issue.
0: For sure. So each utility sets its own way, but the standard in the industry is that energy charges, you and I pay for energy by the kilowatt hour at our houses. But a commercial customer, yes, they pay for energy, but they also pay a penalty for the highest usage during the entire month. So in any 15 minute interval of the entire month, take the highest usage of any one of those, that could be up to half your bill in many utility service territories. That's like your building's worst mistake of the month costs you half of your bill. Well, imagine if you could just shift 20, 30% of that into a different time of day. Well, that's what we do with demand X. You can lower your demand charges by up to 30% with a solar project, That makes a huge difference in the economics of the entire solar project. So solar projects that don't pay for themselves with solar alone can easily pay for themselves quickly with solar plus demand X software. And that's huge because I don't think of any
1: other products that could go so well with solar and have a 30% impact on what the customer is paying So it's just a natural feature that you could do independently without solar, but then with solar. And it's a better value proposition to the customer. It's also a way of actually differentiating. I've seen this and I don't know if you've seen this, John, but
0: solar guys are just focused on selling solar. They could save money in other ways, but... We have this conversation a lot around (laughs) the difference between a panel salesman and an energy problem solver. So we're looking for the folks who are really trying to be energy problem solvers on behalf of their customers. So in some cases, we work directly with project developers, but we also work with buy-side consultants who are trying to scope jobs for their clients. Because they're really out to find the most economically advantageous deal for their customer, not necessarily to move Mm -hmm. the most panels or sell the biggest number of kilowatts or the rest of it. The folks we've had the most success with are partners who are looking to differentiate themselves by being customer advocates, by being able to see the whole customer energy issue and then come up with a solution that addresses all of it, not just how many panels can I sell to this building.
1: That's great to hear because I really think there's a lot of people in the industry who are just focused on selling as many panels and not really focusing on the customer, how they could add value to the customer, not just with solar, but other value added services. specifically like demand X is such an easy way to add value to the customer at a minimal investment amount and to be able to save 30%. Like that's just an easy value proposition that would be easy for a solar developer to include when they sell to the CNI yeah. customer.
0: We've done what we can to make it easy. We have tried to really streamline the installation process. So it's a one-day installation. There's only a small amount of hardware. We put a little Internet of Things gateway into the building so it can talk to the devices that are actually using power in the building. And in a case where there's a building energy management system already there, that's literally all we need. In the case where there is no BMS and three quarters of the buildings we've done have no building energy management system, we can just rip and replace the dumb thermostats with smart wireless communicating thermostats. And again, that's a one-day installation process. So we try and keep it simple for the project developer, for the EPC, for everybody in the whole process. We're trying to keep it easy to buy, install, learn, and use, right?
1: That's great. Not only for the customer, but also if you're partnering with the solar company to make it as easy and flexible as a process, which that's great to hear. Can you also talk about the payback and how that works with maybe the potential return? You already talked about it a little bit, like when you combine it with solar, it's Mm like 30%. Can you go into more detail about how that works and how do you charge the customer and then how do you attribute its energy savings?
0: Yeah, we've simplified our pricing too. It's basically just a flat monthly fee. There's an upfront charge and a flat monthly fee. I'll give an example for a medium-sized retail building. It's probably three dollars or $4,000 upfront and three dollars or $400 a month in that range. And we're saving at least three times and sometimes four times that amount for the end customer. So it's a very simple decision for the end customer. Typically, as part of a solar project, If you looked at the demand X component alone, one year payback time, if you look at it as part of a larger encompassing solar plus demand X project, it can take the payback time down by a couple of years usually. That makes a big difference when you're competing with other solar project developers for a job to be able to show a faster payback and a more complete utility bill saving solution is a big advantage. We love to work with project developers with the most familiar tools in the industry. We use utility API to look at the 15-minute interval or billing data, either one. We use energy tool-based, to calculate. The economics of each deal, we can use other applications too, Aurora, any of these things we're working with our project developer partners to make it easy to show the end customer, here's what you pay now, here's what you'll pay with solar, here's what you play with solar plus demand X. And the economics are just compelling when you present them that way. A one year
1: payback is pretty easy to sell to the customers, especially too, because solar has a longer payback depending on what state it is. And then that just amplifies the return or lower the time period actually for the total payback of the system. So that's yeah, great.
0: It's actually better than that because the yeah. one year payback time is just on the electricity bill savings. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the customers tell us the savings are nice, but they really feel like there's several other key value propositions. The place is more comfortable after we get there than before, because when you think about how a dumb thermostat building is run, it's run by whoever pushed the button on the thermostats last, right? So there's chronic discomfort complaints in buildings like that. You can eliminate those. You can be in control of multiple buildings from a single dashboard. So if you're running a chain or a school district or anybody who controls many commercial buildings, you can see the whole energy picture in front of you through our DemandX dashboard. You also get carbon savings accounting. We can tell you exactly how much you're saving in terms of carbon emissions from shifting your energy from dirty to clean, from expensive to cheap times on the grid. So you really are talking about four Cs, comfort, control, cost, and carbon. It's not just about a one-year payback time. Economics of the deal are great, but the nice thing about software is it just keeps getting better every year instead of degrading as hardware does.
1: Great point about the four Cs and outside the payback and software getting better. And that's a lot of value that you can't really translate to dollars, but is a huge part of the reason and why solar companies should include Demand X with their proposals?
0: I think it goes back to the energy problem solver idea. Mm-hmm. I love our solar partners and I love the solar industry, I don't like to be critical, but there's a lot of one-and-done mentality. It's like once you've sold a system, you're off to go sell the next one. Our relationship with the customer lasts far beyond that because we're basically doing real-time, proactive, autonomous control of the building every minute of every day for the next 5, 10, 15 years. So we're definitely focused on what more can we do for the customer next? What can we add to the software that will make the customer's life easier as opposed to just being finished when the installation is complete? That's a great point because once you
1: install the solar, there's not really much responsibility after that. So that's interesting. If I
0: could teach the solar industry one thing, it would be repeat business is (laughs) easier. New business. This is something most businesses learn very early on. We love going back into places where solar's already been installed and adding new value to those projects. Same as solar plus storage. You can go back to a solar plus storage facility and wring some more savings out of the battery as well as from the load control within the building. So this is not something that has to be proposed at the same time as solar the product works great with or without solar. We have other distribution channels that are selling this into buildings that don't have or would not even be able to get solar into their facility. We're trying to get every building to be grid interactive, like I said up at the top. I think that's probably going to happen
1: hopefully faster than we think, especially with more smart energy and being able to communicate and make better energy decisions through technology and software and AI, similar to what your software does, which is pretty amazing. And I agree with you. Like Business is about scalability, building long-term relationships. That's interesting because I think that's just a general business point. And it's a lot easier to sell to existing customers and referrals (laughs) than reaching out to a new customer that you have no relationship with. I was going to ask you, are there certain states where maybe the demand flexibility or the savings that you have from demand charges are higher or where it makes more sense?
0: There's certainly right that there's places where it makes more sense because of the demand charges, but we're a very partner-driven organization. So where we have partners who see the value of the software with their customers, that's where we have the most traction. Certainly, demand charges are so high in California that a significant part of our business is here, and we're based here in California. A significant part of our business is in California. Half the solar business in the country is California, <laughs> right? But we're working nationwide. We have a great partner out in Colorado who we've done a lot of business with. We've got folks who are coming on board in Florida, Texas, the Northeast. So we work anywhere where our partners identify opportunities, and we're happy to walk through any building and do an analysis of the building to see if we can help anywhere in the country. I don't mean physically walk through, you can just come straight to our website and put in a building and we'll tell you how much we think we can save and we can get into the economics of any particular deal with you.
1: So it's almost like a free sort of demo once you put your address in and then you're able to provide like pricing information and how much you could
0: save on an annual basis. Exactly. So we're very transparent with our pricing and our ability to save. And we do provide a savings guarantee. You'll never pay more than what we save. And we back that up with savings reports that demonstrate that. As I said before, our typical savings are three times the cost or more. We've never paid out on our guarantee because we're always saving more than that. Interesting. So the guarantee is actually three times the cost. No, hold on there. Our (laughs) guarantee is one times the cost, but our target is to always save as much as three times the cost. The guarantee is you'll never pay extra for demand X on your job.
1: Yeah, definitely. I appreciate you reiterating that just because I didn't want people to get confused, especially myself, because that's a pretty good target 3x and that you've never paid out at 1x of the cost. is pretty amazing to hear. You talked about demand charges being high in California. What about like states or utilities
0: with like time of use rates? Does that help as well? Yeah, we can optimize the whole underlying structure of the software is economic optimization, not engineering, but economic. So wherever one kilowatt hour costs a different amount than another, we can save you money. So the only place we don't save very much money is if your rates are completely flat and entirely energy-based. So if you're just paying six cents a kilowatt hour, good job. But if you have any kind of time-varying rate, a time-of-use rate, a demand charge, on-peak, off-peak, critical-peak pricing, and the whole alphabet super of other real-time pricing and other things that are coming down the pipe, the more variable your rates are, the more we can save you.
1: That's great to know. And that's helpful to explain. And you do a great job of explaining complicated utility concepts pretty simply. I appreciate that.
0: I've been around them for way too long. So (laughs) I'll give you one example of how we can keep customers' bills under control. Okay. There are such things as energy only rates, but usually they're only open to smaller customers. So you can get on a rate that does not have a demand charge, but you have to stay always below a certain amount. So let's call it in one service territory where we work, it's 100 kilowatts. If you're always below 100 kilowatts, you can stay on the energy only or mostly energy only rate. If you're right on the border, a solar installation by itself can't guarantee that, but solar plus demand X can't. We have a customer in Colorado where this is exactly the scenario. We were able to switch them from an expensive demand rate to a much less expensive energy rate where solar took care of most of the energy, almost 100% of their energy needs are met by solar, and now there's no demand charge either. Well, that's a great deal. That pays for itself almost instantaneously. But you can only do that with continuous, autonomous, predictive control running 24-7-365. And we've been up and running in that building for more than a year. We never loads go above 100, even though they would normally do so. And that's kept the customer on a very reasonable rate and saved them tens of thousands of dollars. So that's a very common thing for utilities to have rates where if you can stay below a fixed demand level, you can take advantage of solar much more aggressively. Solar installers know about it, but they need to know that to make that guarantee, you need control of the loads in the building too. One cloud could ruin your savings for the entire month. As a leading authority in the solar
1: industry, life gets very busy. In addition to traveling the world as a speaker and for my entrepreneurial ventures, I'm a son, friend, investor, and entrepreneur. And when it comes to delivering a great sounding show for my listeners, I choose podcast laundry. All I have to do is record and send, and the rest is done. They do the dirty work of podcasting for me. Yes, social media graphics, quotes, show notes, master editing, and much more. All I have to do is record. So if you're a busy podcaster like me with an engaged audience and want to free up your time to do more of what you you love, like going to the gym or spending time with loved ones, go to podcastlaundry.com to schedule your consultation or call 347-871-8273. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. Now that I'm thinking about that more, it's obviously controlling the load so important, but then also each utility... And each type of customer is going to be unique. You would have to basically customize the software potentially for new customers. That's actually pretty challenging to do. And talking about the different states and jurisdictions, how are you able to do that? I feel like that's a very
0: challenging thing to understand. Yeah, hey, if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? This is our specialty, knowing how buildings work and knowing how utility tariffs work and knowing how the two interact and knowing how all three interact with solar. You know, this is all we do. So it's much easier when we do this all the time. We make use of some of the products I talked about earlier when we talk about doing modeling of rates, but we also have our own internal building energy modeling approach that lets us capture the differences across buildings. Every building is different, but we model them all the same so that we're able to predictive control in any building where HVAC is kind of the largest single load, office, retail, church, school, conditioned warehouse, municipal building, those are the perfect fit for us us. We've done some other ones, but those are the ones where HVAC is the largest load, and our models do a great job of predicting what those loads will be.
1: That's really helpful to understand. It's your competitive moat, and that's not easy to do with both the load monitoring that and obviously understanding what the utility and how they charge for their tariffs and then creating value for the customer.
0: This is The whole thing we're doing could not have been done 10 years ago. So we're riding some of the big trends in tech in order to be able to deliver the service. We didn't have the cloud computing power 10 years ago needed to do this. We didn't have the IoT frameworks and the sensor networks that were much cheaper and all the things that have been progressing in tech without us. So we're riding on top of those trends as well as our own expertise in building energy management to be able to deliver this to our solar installer and developer friends. One of the things we've been focused on lately has been schools because public schools and private schools both were early adopters of solar. So there's lots of solar-equipped schools that are experiencing some real problems around not saving as much as they thought they would have. And to be able to go back to one of those sites and put on demand X to reduce the demand charges that they weren't really even aware of. I mean, again, Mm -hmm. this is an educational thing for a lot of customers is to be able to show them where on their energy bill their charges are coming from And what we can do about them without a big expensive upgrade to their existing systems has been good business for us. And we're working with folks who have contacts into the schools that went solar earliest. And those folks are really finding big benefits. And it's great to be able to help schools that their budgets are always stressed, right? Budgets are always tight. This is money that they're spending on utilities that they could be spending on their mission. The improvements are dramatic and immediate, which is nice because you don't have to spend a lot of time justifying it. It's very simple to demonstrate the additional savings that come on top of what the solar was already delivering. Yeah, Yeah, that's an interesting
1: perspective because I feel like in the beginning with solar, especially in California Mm -hmm. for schools, like maybe the solar developer installer didn't really understand the demand charges and really the impact that it would have.
0: and they've gone up quite a bit That's over true. the last few years too. So it's not that the installers were doing anything wrong. It's that the rates have continued to change over the last decade. The trend is not towards low flat energy rates. It's towards high and time differentiated rates. So we're just reviewing what's happened with our customers in the last three months because utilities in California have announced 15 to 19 percent rate increases on their demand charges just in the last few months. That's very difficult for a school to just absorb. It's not like you just budget for a 20% increase in your utility bill every time you turn around. So I understand what the utilities are up against, California in particular, but all over the West, there's lots of requirements for them to fund new upgrades to the system to help prevent wildfires. All that stuff is real. I understand why the rates are changing, but that doesn't really matter to the end customer. The end customer needs to get those charges under control. That's why we're having some serious conversations with some school districts in California.
1: Yeah, that obviously creates a lot of opportunity for you because you could really help with the software platform. The other thing that I thought was interesting is your business model is based on an upfront fee and the subscription-based model and not like a sharing of the savings, like some of the other energy efficiencies like LED lighting. If you finance it, it's a sort of a sharing with the owner of the LED lights or whoever installs it. What made you decide to do more of a subscription based software model,
0: which is more of the accepted in the software industry? Just curious. I think it's a combination of two things. One is history in the software industry and the second is voice of the customer. If you imagine customers who don't understand their utility bill in the first place, then trying to figure out how to split up a change in their utility bill. It's not at all what most customers want. They want a fixed price with guaranteed performance. And so that's what we provide. We listen to what our customers want.
1: Also, you could be potentially like more independent because of doing the subscription base than like a percentage, like more of an independent energy expert.
0: Well, we try to be that, right? We try to be an advocate for the customer and show them where they can save more by changing their behavior. We can change certain percentage of their loads that they give us control over, for example, HVAC or battery or something else. Mm -hmm. But we also routinely talk to our customers about other changes they could make. You made a great suggestion a minute ago is LED retrofits make a big difference on your utility bill without any kind of external control. So we don't typically control lighting in most of the facilities that we're in, but you can reduce your total utility bill significantly by making some basic changes to your lighting. And some of our project developer partners make that into their offer to the customer. So you routinely have things like a solar plus storage plus demand X plus lighting retrofit project that pays off much faster than a solar alone project that some of our project developer partners propose to their customers all the time. And that goes all the way back to what I said a while ago about looking for folks who are energy problem solvers rather than panel salesmen, because those are the folks who have the ability to really deliver a solution with multiple parts that really addresses the whole problem. I think the industry should be looking
1: at really adding to the value of the customer and basically coming up with a total energy solution. It's not about selling panels, it's really adding value to the customer. And that's where you really could build that customer loyalty and retention. So We, I appreciate we you.
0: try and do that outside of the solar industry as well. When we work with partners who are more on the HVAC or control side of the business, who have anybody with an energy relationship with the building is a good partner for us. Those folks are also looking for ways to save more than energy. They love being able to save demand when they add demand X to their projects as well. So if you're replacing the HVAC system in your building, that's perfect time to look at a smarter control strategy for that because that improves the economics of those major capital purchases as well. That makes a lot of sense that it helps with having DemandX with any type
1: of energy efficiency, renewable energy storage, that really the DemandX platform or software could easily be part of a proposal and help with the payback of the
0: total energy solution. The so, payback and the simplifying the energy simplifying. management solution. You get some of these solutions that just make suggestions. So now the facilities manager's beeper is going off all the time. That's not what we built. I like to talk about the old business I had, Energy Interactive, as sort of saying, well, your building made a mistake yesterday. Maybe you can learn from that. Mm-hmm. The new company is designed around the idea that your building's going to make a mistake in a couple of hours, but don't worry, we already fixed it. So you're not giving more work to the facilities manager or the energy manager. You're giving less work to them. All that work is being done by cloud-based intelligent software. The facilities manager can focus on other important parts of their job.
1: And that's key because usually there's so much going on as a facilities manager, like any way that you could simplify or where they don't have to make the decision and it's automated. That's That's exactly right. That's what they want to hear and that's what they're looking for. So that's great.
0: And lots of our customers are too small to have facility managers. They might have an outsourced property management firm that covers dozens of buildings and sends somebody around once in a while. So you want something that can do the jobs nobody is doing. You want an intelligent software system to be watching the control of every room in your facility, saving you as much money as possible.
1: You know what would be interesting as well, because I feel like you're in the cutting edge of this. What trends are you seeing with energy management software, with AI and cloud computing? You talked about how you created something that's basically reactive and will make those adjustments automatically before that wasn't the case with Energy Interactive. But with the capability of IoT, cloud software, AI, you're able to do that now. What do you see as the future? Because I feel like you're in the forefront Of this and provide a very
0: unique perspective. A lot of what we've talked about is controlling the building in response to a static utility rate. So you look on your bill and you see something like you're on the XYZ2 rate. Well, we see the grid changing so much because of the energy transition that we're all working on. It's changing from something where we balance loads and resources just by adjusting power plants to one where you have to adjust more on the load side. So we see much more dynamic pricing or hourly pricing Mm. from utilities coming into the market. And that means that there has to be much more dynamic response or grid interactivity from the buildings. The customers who get behind on this are just going to see their bills continue to increase, sometimes dramatically without understanding why. And the customers who get ahead of it, by getting control of their own loads. this is not saying be uncomfortable. It's not saying use less energy. It's really about the timing of your energy use to coincide with the times that are cheapest and cleanest on the grid. The folks who can do that will see their utility bills go down and the folks who can't will see their utility bills go up. So we see AI or intelligent decision-making software as key to getting a grip on your building's role in the grid. You're not going to have the option of buying at a flat rate anymore sounds like things are going to be
1: a lot more complicated, especially if the prices are constantly changing. And that's why software is needed and AI. So that's great for DemandX. I'm sure you're adjusting to the complexities that are happening and constantly changing with the energy transition.
0: Yeah, we really want to help our customers get ahead of that game because the California Public Utilities Commission and other public utilities commissions are putting pressure on the utilities to introduce real-time pricing or hourly pricing sooner than later to match what's going on in the wholesale markets for electricity. That complexity is headed towards commercial customers faster than they think, faster than Mm -hmm. they realize. And it's really important to have the experience in automating your building and automating your energy usage to the extent you can before that becomes standard all over the place.
1: That's a great trend for commercial building owners to know that's coming their way probably faster than they expected, as you said. This is actually your second software platform, Demand X. And then I guess was the first one that you sold to ABB. That was
0: Energy Interactive. And there's other ones we haven't really talked about. That's okay. (laughs) depending on how you count at least the third or fourth startup that I've had. So I'm a serial entrepreneur with all the scars to prove it. (laughs) Yeah, And that's amazing to hear because you keep
1: reiterating and basically adjusting to what capabilities are in the market and how things are changing to add value to customers when it comes to lowering their energy costs. The Solar Maverick podcast is about solar and entrepreneurship. We call our listeners Mavericks. You know, what's interesting to me is it seems like you're a non technical co founder. How do you get comfortable with a technical co founder or understanding the software and how it works, even though maybe you're not a programmer or coder?
0: I coded in my youth and learned that that was not what I was best at. So you have to be comfortable hiring people smarter than you are. That's always the number one bit of advice for entrepreneurs. Go hire the smartest, best people you possibly can and give them enough rope, let them show what they can do. And then the main thing is to work on what you're passionate about. So the energy transition is not optional. We really don't have an alternative to getting off of fossil fuel as quickly as we possibly can. We sponsor and participate in hackathons, tech, to try and pull more people out of tech and into clean tech. It's all hands on deck. We need more IQ points focused on our real big problem. So if folks are thinking they might want to work for a social media company, helping people click on cat videos a little bit more, well, we need those people to spend their lives on saving the planet, not so much on cat videos. So we try and lure some of the best folks we can here in the Bay Area, the smartest uh, tech folks in the world. We try and pull them into the clean tech world so that we can all sleep a little better at night. We're very active in recruiting people into the energy transition. Not a lot of things I can say I'm proud of in my career, but I've given more than 200 people their first jobs in energy. And I am proud of that because we need more and better folks focused on this incredibly challenging transition that we're all in.
1: And I appreciate your leadership in the energy transition with what you've done with the software and hiring people in the energy industry, because that creates an exponential effect. Those 200 people are then obviously staying with you or going into other opportunities, hiring other people. And I agree with you. There's like so much talent that the energy transition needs to make it successful. And we don't have enough qualified people to do that. So I appreciate you talking about that. Thanks. Anytime. And can you talk about how the DOE grant helped you start DemandX? I thought that was interesting.
0: Absolutely. There's another great piece of entrepreneurial advice, which is look into the small business innovation research family of grants from the federal government. So SBIR, Small Business Innovation Research, that program through the U.S. Department of Energy funded the initial core technology development that eventually became Demand X. They hand out the money in two phases. Phase one is a little bit of money to prove that it might work. So we built a simple proof of concept, all in code, no real buildings yet. So we did it all as a big simulation of what this all could look like. And the smart guys at the U.S. Department of Energy liked what we were doing. And they gave us a significantly larger grant, phase two grants or a million dollars to go out into the real world and take your proof of concept, build it into a working prototype make it go to work in a real building in the real world. And we did that. And that helped us get a lot of the hard technical problems solved before we had to go out and seek either customers or outside investment for funding the rest of the business. So taking some of the technical risk off the table, the U.S. Department of Energy did a phenomenal job for us in helping us become credible enough to raise money around this. So we raised some venture capital last year. A lot of that is thanks to the DOE. So we worked with the folks in the solar energy technology office and they were phenomenal in their support of our efforts.
1: That's a great, story to hear. And that's great mm-hmm. advice for any entrepreneur to check out the DOE grants. And I've heard of yeah. so many businesses specifically in the software space and even hardware as well that's been enhanced by it. You
0: have to know when to let it go too because it can be sort of addictive. Is you just sort of get a grant and you build what the grant said you were going to build and then you build another little thing and then you build another little thing and then you pretty soon you're just a grant company. So this was really much more a launching pad for the product we always wanted to build. And we haven't taken any DOE money since then, but it's really helped us to de-risk the technology and start to build it into a real product. Then we raised some outside, some both some founder money, which I put in, and then some outside venture capital. And now we're
1: off to the races. That's great to hear. And what's the goal's for DemandX, like going forward, obviously you've put your own money, you've raised VC. You've been able to successfully use your product in a lot of different buildings. Like what's the end game or what do you see the future being for DemandX or what would you like that to be?
0: We said it right at the top is we think that every building needs this. Every building has to become a great interactive building. So we're going to pursue that passionately until it happens. You build a great business, the exit will take care of itself. So if we become a public company doing this, that's one thing. If we become part of another large organization that shares our vision and wants to carry it forward faster, that's what will happen. The key is you start with why we're doing this because we believe that it's critical. The grid will not be cleaned up in time unless we get a lot more load flexibility from commercial buildings on the grid. So that's what we're building and people who share that vision can come on along as employees, as partners, as future acquirers, or anything else.
1: Your goals going forward. And I think that's a huge opportunity. And it's amazing to see what you've done so far. And curious to see as well how quickly the energy transition is happening and with your software yeah. and the value that you can yeah. add with it. It's exciting. Yeah.
0: It's exciting times for us too. We really appreciate the opportunity to get the word out about us. This interview, I appreciate
1: Tor setting this up. I think our listeners will learn a lot. From it. And I think potentially a lot of solar developers and installers would be very interested in learning about your product and partnering with what they're doing.
0: Well, that is easy to do. <laughs> it's extensibleenergy.com. It's got a calculator on the top of the front of the homepage that'll let our solar and non solar project developers come and take a look and see what we might be able to save on the buildings that you're tackling next. We would love to see more folks put more solar on more buildings more faster, and we'd love to be part of that. And so is it simply just putting
1: the address of the building location on the website? The site will walk you through it. There's okay. an address
0: and we also need a little bit of information from sure. the utility bill, right? Yes, so we need definitely. to know where the building is and what kind of building is it and some basic information about utility bills. But we can give a rough estimate off of that and a more precise estimate once we get to know you better.
1: And what's the best way for our listeners to learn about you if they wanted to reach out to you directly
0: outside of sure. Extensible? Site? I welcome talking to anybody who's listening to this podcast, John at extensibleenergy.com. I'm shy about having conversations about this stuff, you can hit me on LinkedIn. I'm John T. Powers on LinkedIn. So easy to find there. Email me anytime, john at extensibleenergy.com. And I'll be happy to talk with you.
1: And we'll have that as well on the notes of the podcast, John, your email, obviously your LinkedIn as well, and then the extensible website. And thank you, John. This has been an amazing interview. I appreciate your time today. And I think our listeners will learn a lot. Our Mavericks will learn a lot from listening to you today.
0: I've really enjoyed it, Benoit. And I shout out to all the Mavericks. Keep it up.
1: Thank you again, John. Thanks for listening to the Solar Maverick podcast. The Solar Maverick podcast is brought to you by Renew Energy. We're a solar development and consulting firm. If you believe that this podcast is adding value to you, please give us a five-star review and share with those that you think could benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and feedback to info at renewenergy.com. That's INFO at RENEUenergy.com. The Solar Maverick podcast is produced by Podcast Laundry and executive produced by Benoit Thanjan and Kevin Y. Brown.